Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Welcome to a special bonus episode of the SJP Wrestling Podcast. Uh, This is episode 21, but as I said, it's a special bonus episode for everybody. Um, This coming Thursday, we will have our usual episode out for release. Going into January, Royal Rumble season, expect plenty of Royal Rumble content um, and plenty of show reviews and lookbacks with various guests. However, on today's show, I am speaking with the head booker um, and co-owner of Coastal Championship Wrestling from Florida, uh, Vinicius, the Brazilian monster, currently managed by Bill Alfonso of ECW thing. Um, it's a fantastic discussion, really interesting chat. It's one of the... I, I, I put it up there as probably one of my favourite interviews I've done so far. I really hope everyone enjoys it. I won't prattle on too long today before we get to the to the main topic with our guest, um, this being a bonus episode and so on. I just want to quickly say that if this is the first time you're listening to the show, or even if it's not and you simply haven't done it yet, please go and find the show on Facebook and Twitter at SJP Wrestling Pod. Uh, check us a follow and let us know what you think and if you have any suggestions for guests or topics for us to discuss or pay-per-views you'd like us to go back and look at, please let us know. Okay, um, that's enough from me. Um, I look forward to hearing from you all on the show's social medias, again, at SJP Wrestling Pod. Um, I hope you enjoy this bonus episode, and I'll speak to you on Thursday. As always, thank you for listening. I am over the moon to welcome Coastal Championship Wrestling co-owner, executive director, the Brazilian destroyer himself, Vinicius, to the SJP Wrestling Podcast. How are we doing, sir? Wow, a wonderful, uh, a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much. I'm doing great. I'm in the sunny state of Florida. There's very little COVID restrictions. Uh, things are kind of crazy. How are you doing up <laughs> there, man? How, how are you doing in the Harry Potter uh, uh, world? You're, you're at Hogwarts today, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Where we are, where we are in Gloucester in the UK, that's where. Uh, the Harry Potter films, um, certain scenes were filmed in our in our cathedral. It's probably about maybe fifteen minutes walk from my front door, so that, that's quite nice. Um, but we're we've just come out of a, a second lockdown. We're still under certain restrictions, and we have a we have like a tier system in the UK now, depending on how how many infections are rising or going down. You have different restrictions depending on which tier you're in. We're in tier yeah. two, so we're still fairly restricted. Yeah, but it's better than it was, say a week or two ago um I mean, and it's horrible i mean obviously the, the i think you know the, it's horrible to get this the 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 idea of getting these lockdowns like it, you have to get a happy medium right like you don't want people to go crazy but at the same time this is a real virus this is a very strong intense virus and i think people uh you know some people they downplay it but it's 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 intense yeah definitely i mean and it's i mean it's it's insane how it's and it, and, and it has to but it's insane how it's changed the world changed yeah. everything I mean, yeah. even down to um, before I started speaking with you today, I've had to go um, go to the shop and then go pick my youngest daughter up from school. And even things like that that I would do most days are completely different to how I've experienced them in my previous 30-odd years on this planet. It's completely right. changed even the simplest of tasks. Um, hopefully, at some stage, we'll see a proper end to it soon and we can return to some normalcy, but... Uh, I mean, with regards to the whole COVID, uh, coronavirus, and so on, we'll start. We'll start talking um, from a show's standpoint, I suppose, and, and a personal standpoint too. How, how has that affected you as a promoter and also on a personal level? 
man, on a, on a personal level, level, my, my father, uh, received it. My stepmother and all my brothers all, all got COVID-19 and, and, oh, wow. you know, th- yeah, thank, thank God they were all, uh, okay. Um, you know, very mild symptoms. Um, my, my little brother, oddly enough, the youngest one, um, he had the worst symptoms, you know, very difficult to breathe. He got pneumonia, you know, but he, he was never, uh, thank, thank God he was never, uh, at a state a state where he was afraid to lose his life. It is a horrible thing. It really is a terrible thing, uh, personally. Um, and I've seen, I've seen, you know, people with it. I've, I've, it's a, it's a terrible thing. Business-wise, it, it's been incredibly difficult. It's been incredibly difficult to run a health studio, a health facility, which is, you know, uh, at its bare bones what Coastal Championship Wrestling is. You know, we train professional wrestlers here. Obviously, we run uh, uh, monthly shows. We have a weekly show. Uh, we run a lot of stuff. And when there's very little uh, in terms of gathering for 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 about six months uh, from March um, you know, until a few months ago, uh, there was very little in terms of public gathering and, and health studios, unfortunately, had to close. So, you know, um, it was difficult because the 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 landlord still needed to get paid, you know. Mm, so yeah. when we don't have our um, we don't have our uh, tuition fees coming in, uh, it was a little bit difficult, but we were able to ride it out. And now, um, you know, Florida, <laughs> Florida, we joke, we call it like the Petri dish of the United States. You know, it's like here, we're the guinea pigs. Like, let's see how many people are going to die in Florida first and see, you know, like, let's open up and, and get things going, which is good and bad, you know, good for business uh, and just bad, might be bad in general. You know, we don't know the full effects forever. That being said, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're back and obviously we still have different types of precautions that we've had to do and put in place, but it's kind of ridiculous uh, uh, in the beginning uh, you know, early stages of March when this virus was happening, you know, uh, uh, we banned uh, handshakes. You know, in professional wrestling, the handshake is incredibly important. You all come in, you shake each other's hand, look mm-hmm. each other in the eye, and you say hello because it's, you know, it's it's partially like, hey, I'm here to do business. Let's, let's work together. And also that you don't have any animosity towards the people. That's why you do those type of things. And then we realized, yeah, we're, we're not going to do any handshakes, but we're going to get in the ring and sweat on each other. So unfortunately, we, we decided at that moment we're going to have to close. But, yeah, you know, it's, that's a bit, of a bit of a contradiction, isn't it? You can't yeah, shake hands, exactly, but like, at the same time, you you're, you're picking each other up and rolling around <laughs> each other. It's, it's a bit crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like here. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, handshake you, but I'll definitely headlock you, and I'm gonna put yeah. you in my armpit here for for a few, you know, for ten seconds. So, but but then but then uh, what's crazy is, and and I don't know, you know, good how you see it, good or bad, how anybody sees it, but the the state of Florida and the state of Tennessee, um, you know, they they opened up pretty quickly. So we we do run shows. We just ran a show with uh, uh, obviously mass required social distancing. Um, uh, Breaking Chains last uh, uh, Saturday. That was a great success. Uh, we do uh, some live tapings with some, or sorry, some tapings for our show, a live wrestling, um, a stu- which is a studio show. And we obviously, everyone is uh, um, temperature checked. Uh, all the wrestlers before uh, any show are um they take a uh, COVID-19 test, so they do have to submit a negative test to us so we know that the performers uh, don't have uh, um, COVID-19. But, I mean, you can't ask an entire audience of people uh, to provide a negative test. Uh, that being said, you can just try to do as many safety precautions as, as humanly possible. I personally am te- I test myself every single week because I do spend a lot of time with wrestlers. I do spend a, a lot of time um, in business, you know, talking to people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do the best that I can. But, you know, they're, they're, of course, you wake up every day and, and you could get it you could anybody can get it so it's just a it's just a it's an interesting process it's a different process you know and and there are other promoters in new york city who don't think it's fair that that georgia and florida and texas can run shows and can and can grow you know we've had a lot of spotlight onto our company you know we we had a match in in tennessee we had a show in tennessee and uh, uh in tennessee in the united states there's a uh what's called a no mask mandate it's a very freedom state so people are telling us at the door look our governor says you can't force us to wear a mask and it's like please please wear a mask so we had uh uh about 300 people there with sabu and alex ocean and there were some people very upset that you know uh, uh a great a, lo- a huge majority of people in the audience of course were wearing masks a huge majority of people were we were giving away free masks at the door and between every match we were asking please please wear a mask please social distance but we see the chairs scooting closer we see the people taking their masks off you know so it's a very difficult thing, and I think it's going to be something with professional wrestling in the future over the next year, over the next two years. Is, of course, you can tell people, "Hey, get out, leave." You know, it's yeah. our it's our right to tell them leave. If you're not going to wear a mask, you can go. Um, you know, and and 
we, you know, we, we're going to have to play with that. But we're also going to be in a situation where, hey, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come to a big show or something like that. It's going to be interesting for promoters and professional wrestlers alike. But I think the most important thing is that if you're working together with another wrestler, you need to be tested. You need to you need to make sure that you are not going to be the one spreading the you know, spreading the virus. It's just going to be difficult. And for independent wrestlers, you know, there's no governing body to make sure, you know, like uh, WWE, All Elite Wrestling, they can, they have a governing body who can test every single person on site or or whatever. But when I'm running shows, I know that they're going to, they're, they're, I'm going to use Sabu who, uh, uh, before us was at the, um, um, who, uh, before us was at the, the, um, uh, GCW show uh, or or another show that I know that there were some positive tests and we of course we got to we asked Abu to give us a negative test, but it's just it's hard it's whose responsibility is you know all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, of course, and I suppose like you said with the uh, more independent companies or independent wrestlers, I guess for want of a better term, they are bumping from company to company, uh, venue to venue, state to state, seeing a, a broad scope of fans um and a potential there for moving things around the country is is higher i guess i mean you mentioned there about the wwe and AEW. how do you think they have dealt um with the whole covid situation with regards to having wrestlemania behind closed doors very odd atmosphere and then now this this thunderdome invention they have um, AEW having people around the outside of the ring quite uh, for quite a little while now. How do you think they've dealt with it and how do you think it's affected watching the shows? I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Um, it was a little weird at first, right? I mean, when you're watching WWE, when it was just out of the performance center and WrestleMania and that type mm-hmm. of stuff, I think it was a little strange and I think uh, they have incredibly smart minds working on it. So I think both of them did a great job. I prefer the Thunderdome because it's like, wow, they tried something new, interesting, you know, different. Yeah. You have these big screens, you know, and then, and you know, the audience is not there. Like when you watch, um, American football, uh, uh, for instance, when you watch American football, um, uh, they sweeten the audience. So when the, the home team is, uh, something happens to the home team that you hear the booze and whatever. At first it's a little strange, <laughs> of course, cause they're, it's not real human beings, but then you kind of get used to it. And the same thing has started to happen in the Thunderdome. And I think they've done also a good job of whoever's doing that. I don't know who's doing the actual sound effects, you know, when that process is actually happening. Um, I don't know, you know, who or what, but um, they've done, they've gotten better. Uh, and then in regards to All Elite Wrestling, they also did a great job. I, 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 like I said, I prefer the Thunderdome, but I love the fact that you see sometimes a reaction from Colt Cabana or you see a lot of independent wrestlers from Florida. You see them there uh, reacting, doing their thing. Um, and it's kind of cool. There's kind of a cool aspect to it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. In the Thunderdome, um, I think visually it's incredible when you see what they can do as well, not just with all the faces around the ring, but when people are making their entrances and the screens then become part of their entrance display, I guess, with lighting uh, and so on. I think it's incredible. But I re- I watched the NXT show. I mean, the, the day of recording here, um, NXT War Games was last night. Um, I watched the right. War Games show here in the UK this morning. And the, the the where they record the NXT shows, it's almost got a Thunderdome effect with the screens, but it's smaller and it's flat. And I really liked that as well. That felt quite edgy, whereas the Thunderdome itself seemed very, it seems very bright and polished and, and very WWE-esque, I guess. Right. Right. And I think with, uh, uh, we're going to see it at Tropicana, uh, what WWE is going to do something else, you know, when they move to Tropicana mm-hmm. Field, it's going to be like that's the type of stuff. Like when when you need you need innovation, you need innovation. I didn't watch uh, War Games yet. I love War Games. I, I I prefer that if they'd have a top on that cage, right? Oh, I was saying the same <laughs> I, thing to my wife this morning. <laughs> it's like man, like I understand they want to do spots on top of the cage, and I understand with the way that they use the, the jib uh, jib cranes uh, in regards to the video, so you want better angles and whatnot. But man, there's something about War Games when you actually have a. a uh, the top of the cage on there and, yep. and I love it so much and it's it's all about innovation I guess you know some some innovation like removing the top of the cage is we're, you know some people are not going to like maybe like old school uh, a wrestling fan like you and I uh, and then there's some things that you know hey let's let's get let's get weird let's get different right <laughs> yeah definitely like, I was having a very similar conversation with, with my wife earlier when we were watching the war game show I won't give any spoilers don't worry I, I i'll very much keep my golf shut if you haven't heard if you haven't seen it yet but i, I was saying to saying to my wife sharon then um 
I wish there was a roof on top because that's what I grew up watching and that's what I loved. And I don't like it when they change things. But then literally in the very next breath, I'm saying, I like the cages on top of the ramp, though. They're new and they're good. I'm sort of contradicting myself. But it's <laughs> I mean, speaking there, you say there about being um, quite old school minded uh, with regards to war games. Um, where initially did you, uh, as a youngster, as a child, discover this this crazy world of pro wrestling? What, what first, so what I first remember, was born I, to you? <laughs> I remember the moment that I – and I always joke like I, this is when I actually became a professional wrestler. And, and I think it's funny because um, I used to always tell people my first memory was hating Ric Flair when Ric Flair brought – the real world title where Bobby Heenan was a real, and I was maybe, uh, I, was, yeah. I was three years old. I think I was, it might've been four years old. 1991. So that would 92, be 92, beginning of 92. But you know what? I do remember my actual first ever um, experience was that survivor series. And then watching Tuesday in Texas, an uncle of mine. Cause I mean, we didn't have any money for pay-per-view uh, as a, uh, as a kid. So an uncle of mine's like, you know, survivor series. I must've seen something with Hulk Hogan on it. Cause I was in, enthralled by that, but I got to see the uh, the survivor series. Literally the first time I see Hulk Hogan wrestle, he loses. Ric Flair puts the cage, uh, puts the, 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 the chair underneath. And then he wins it back on Tuesday in Texas. They stripped the mm -hmm. title. That was to me at that moment, I started body slamming people. I started, I was four years old or maybe three and a half and I was body slamming people and I was, uh, um, elbowing people and I was choke slamming people, <laughs> suplexing people and my brothers, my cousins, whomever, anywhere I went, I, 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 you know, and then as I, as I uh, got into other sports, as I got into, you know, uh, I became a, a black belt in Taekwondo and then uh, I played American football and then I was a power lifter and obviously I did amateur wrestling all the way through college, you know, in, in competitive powerlifting, it was all because I wanted to be a wrestler, man. <laughs> it was all That's because, fantastic. you know, there was all like when I'm, when I was an, an amateur wrestler, um, uh, our coach would let us, you, he gave me a key to the wrestling room on Saturdays, uh, at the high school. So the janitors would let me in and I would go and, and, you know, three or four of my friends. And of course I was, I was telling, uh, uh, our coach, I'm really sorry, uh, Mr. Somerville, coach Somerville. Uh, I was telling him, yeah, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to go and we're going to do drills and we're going to, you know, amateur wrestle. And, and, uh, unfortunately, um, or fortunately <laughs> we got time to, again, like practice suplexes and, and body slams and that type of stuff. So that was really when I first started, uh, um, you know, and I knew I was always going to become a professional wrestling promoter. I knew I was always going to get in the business, but that was really when the seed was set. And then, uh, uh it was really after, after college, after I was working and, uh, um, you know, kind of settling down when it's, you know what, this is the time to do it. So, um, you know, Pablo Marquez, uh, who former ECW, you know, former ECW, former WWE, um, uh, performer, he had a professional wrestling school and I walked in and, uh, he, you know, he showed me my first bumps. He showed me what to do. He showed me everything. So, um, he's, you know, from there it was just, you know, off to the races basically. Uh, and then, uh, maybe two years ago I, I saw Hugo Savinovich, uh, in an airport, just by luck, uh, Pablo right. and I were going to Colombia, and uh, uh, he saw me and he just said, "You're not, uh, you know, whatever your gimmick is, this is your real gimmick." And he went and he um, he told me, you know, you're Vinicius and you're the Brazilian powerhouse, you're a destroyer, and uh, you don't bump for nobody, Daddy. <laughs> so like uh, uh, from there, then that was just off to the races as well. So my whole my whole uh, professional wrestling process really started when I was three and a half years old, and it's continuing today. You know, with with Coastal Championship Wrestling, there's a lot of great stuff that we're doing. And I have Bill Alfonso now on board uh, full time uh, for a two year contract as is, and he's going to be with me and uh, uh, helping the company and helping us uh, in the foreseeable future until he decides he doesn't want to do it anymore. Until he gets old, you know. Mm. He'll never no, do. I see. I see. I mean, so so three and a half years of age, discovering Hulk Hogan, Flair, The Undertaker, and and all that. Um, and Bret taken... Hart, you know, Bret Hart was the one where uh, when when Bret Hart won the title in '92 when he beat yeah. Flair in '92. Uh, I was so into the realism of what Bret Hart was trying to like. He was oh, a real wrestler. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you look he, at, look, like everything he, would, he does, even throwing a punch, it looks. Yeah, it looks. No, so I mean, I just, I, 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 uh, I make no bones about it. Like when I, when I was training, I, I tried to do everything like Bam Bam Bigelow. I tried to punch like Bret Hart, drop a, drop a leg, drop like Bret Hart, punch like Bret Hart. You know, but when you're, when you're three hundred and thirty pounds, um. Unfortunately, when you're 330 pounds, you, you can't wrestle like Bret Hart. Um, but that no, being said, you know, um, 
um, you know, you, you just copy those guys. <laughs> I'd love to, I wish, you know, I'm actually down a little bit of weight on, uh, during the pandemic, you know, I, I'm not eating out <laughs> and I'm training harder. So maybe I'll get down to uh, a weight so that I can learn how to wrestle like Brett, but he is, you know, like, uh, uh, when you think about realism or like when he'll cut a promo, he's like, Oh, my brother. Oh, and I'd never want to fight my brother and stuff. And it's like, wow. Like, you know, as much as I love ultimate warriors promos or Hulk Hogan's promos, Brett's very underrated with the realism mm. on the promo. Yeah, and I, I think that's why Brett stands out to me as well. Um, I can tell you a funny little story about Brett Hart, actually. Um, well, it's more of a funny story with regards to my family. Um, my wife, when she was little, was adamant Brett Hart was her dad. Um, <laughs> because my mother-in-law um, had just thought Brett Hart was wonderful, loved him to bits, and, and had the old, um, I suppose, Panini was the company that used to make the sticker albums, potentially. And right. she would have the the picture of Bret Hart from the WWF sticker albums, from sort of 1991, 92-ish. So my, my wife would have been nine, maybe, something like that. And um, she would carry it around in her purse because she thought Bret Hart was just the most wonderful-looking man on the planet, my mother-in-law. And um, she used to tell, jokingly, tell my wife that Bret Hart was her dad. And for a certain period of time, my impressionable, young-at-the-time wife... Um, believed it, so she went around for a little period of her of her childhood, That's believing so that Brett the Hitman Hart was her was her actual dad. Yeah, so <laughs> but the realism. Um, but have you read Have you read Brett's book? I mean, apparently he slept with someone in every city, so it's it's possible. I'm just kidding. Uh, does he have a, he have a <laughs> wrestler in Gloucester? I don't. I don't think he did. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> at, at one I'll point, he had to have. Like, uh, I'll, I'll bring that up. We've done it. See if you ever, yeah, look on Cage Match if you ever wrestled like Tiger Jeet Singh in Gloucester, yeah, <laughs> age appropriately, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, you, you, you speak there about it as well. Um, starting the training process. I mean, how, how was that walking in for the first time? Were you nervous? Were you, were you comfy because you're already doing quite a lot of sports? And, and the first bumps you took, how, how were they? Was it a shock to the system or, were, or did you straight away think, this is for me? That's a great question. So um, a little bit of both. So okay. uh, I actually had I had actually just stopped competitive weightlifting. Um, what and was that that was kind of why, why did you why did you stop there? Uh, just because of the long-term effects on your joints, um, okay, yeah, and on sure. your on your body, <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. good, really good for you. So then I decided that it was much better on your body to start professionally wrestling. No, so yeah, uh, it's <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably the same, probably. So so I, I came in, and I'll always remember, it, you know, Pablo Marquez uh, sitting there, and then speaking to him, and uh, it was just such a wonderful conversation. We just talked about, you know, some of our what our goals would actually be. Um, um, and then it was the first bumps were, um, the first bumps were tough. Um, the first bumps were tough, but I didn't feel what I've, you know, I've been told now, now that I've been doing it for, for, you know, a little bit, it's about like, uh, first three months, your body needs to absorb and figure out what's going on. So okay. for the first two months, your bumps are, your your you're going to feel like crap every time, you know, and I did feel the soreness. I felt a soreness in different muscle groups, you know, like, uh, obviously, uh, you know, I'm used to my pecs, my hamstrings, my quads, different, you know, some different stuff on a daily basis. But the, the muscle groups that you suddenly start to reach when you're actually professionally wrestling are very different than anything else that you can do or want to do and whatnot. So, um, the, the truth of the matter was I thought the transition was perfect for me, but that's very, very rare. I've only seen a few, like I've only literally seen a few people like, uh, not have problems like, Oh man, why does my neck hurt? Why does my back hurt? Why does my lower back hurt? You know? Uh, and yeah. earlier, early on in my training process or, or, Fairly early on, it's really when I start just started doing matches. I broke uh, three of my ribs in my back, and I worked through it for about three and a half weeks, and then um, I re-injured them. I, I, I thought I'd broken them and on a really simple bump on a very, a very bad ring, and I went to the hospital and I was informed that they had been broken for three weeks. That uh, we can give you some painkillers, and you know you're gonna have to wait a month. And I wrestled through that month. I wrestled through that month. I wrestled through my dates. I wrestled through my training and, and whatnot. So sometimes you just have to uh, 
just get through it. You know, like, like, uh, of course there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. Like if I ever tear an yeah. ACL or a shoulder, of course there's nothing you can do, but if it's something like a broken rib or, uh, uh, bruises and stuff, some guys take off for weeks and sometimes it just happens, right? It's professional wrestling. It's not ballet. Uh, I was in the ring with uh, Brian cage, um, two days ago, uh, Saturday. And uh, he was showing us some insane drills, and we were—I was dying. And uh, a great wrestler uh, Bugs Moran, Alex Horace, comes to lock up with me, and he's exhausted at this point because we're trying to keep up with Brian Gage, and that's right. Okay, <laughs> we're not machines, and he is, so we're both exhausted. But he was particularly exhausted. He comes in to lock up, and he—he he punched me in my face, like directly in the face and he it looks like it appears he may, he may have broken my nose uh oh. and, but there's nothing i'm gonna do you know like uh you, it's, it happens i'm not gonna blame him for breaking my nose no, um and i'm not gonna skip training tonight because of the same thing you know it, it's 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 professional wrestling but it does take time so if, if you're just starting this three months give your three months take your three months and uh do the best that you can with it yeah i suppose it's it's uh, for want of a better term conditioning your body to, to be used to throwing yourself on your back and so on. Cause it's not something that most people would be used to doing. Um, and also with regards to you say about hurt and injured, the differences there, I'm guessing everyone has draws the line somewhere different, don't they? Um, and you'll, you'll need to get the balance right because there's one thing I suppose working hurt, but if you're doing yourself long-term damage by doing that, that could, that must be a concern going forward as well, surely. Right. Yes. There, there's a bump card, and uh, we were joking uh, again. We were joking Saturday, and Brian Cage doesn't have a bump card. Oh, he he actually says he does now. But like a guy like Brian Cage, he's like, oh, you know, what are you gonna do? He's gonna do twenty things, and he's gonna uh, uh, go as hard as he possibly can because, you know, that's he's he's. He's amazing, right? But a guy like me, <laughs> you know, I'm three, I was I was three hundred forty pounds. I think I'm down to like two hundred and ninety five pounds. Don't tell Fonzie that because I'm still this big three hundred pound monster. But uh, <laughs> a, a guy like me and a guy like you know, you know, in, in your low in your early thirties, you know, like uh, can't keep doing as much. And I think Brian kind of it's one of the things he told me was or told all of us was, um, you know, you do have a bump card <laughs> mm. just don't you know go crazy but that being said we have to train you know i'm, I'm not the first time i do a, a, a particular move is it shouldn't be in the match <laughs> so you have to go and train you have to do what the you know do your best stuff and then when you're working when you're working three days in a, in a row remember that you know if you're going to be doing something on saturday don't kill yourself for sunday you know as many times guys have had to cancel a date because they did something risky or dumb on friday and then they had to cancel the date on saturday just be careful you know that would be my advice in, in that situation. But long term, yeah, you know, uh, uh, my business partner, Dan Ackerman, um, he, he wrestled for a Phi Delta Slam. Um, and he was a tag team guy in Memphis and uh, a lot of times an en enhancement guy in some spots and in some some places. Um, but you can tell he just he's a, you know, the way he walks, there's that wrestler walk. You know, uh, yeah. um, we, we spent some time with Mick Foley last year and. You don't realize that he's 6'4 because he's hurt. <laughs> you know, and he's a mm -hmm. tall, big, monstrous dude. Like he, 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 I get it. You know, like that's why, you know, he, 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 he deserved where he, he got not just for being a great wrestler, but he has a physical, he's a, an imposing physical presence. But when you see him, he's always hunched over because <laughs> he, he's hurt, yeah. you know? So you don't want to get to that uh, part. But that's, it comes to like uh, uh, transitioning yourself out of the business. Like if you're a full time, uh, a professional wrestler and you're working, you always make sure that you're ready to transition when you're able to, so you don't have to wait too long. And, and that, that goes to guys who are uh, famous and booked and stuff like that. You know, uh, it's, it's hard to say no. If, 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 if AEW tells Sting that he needs to wrestle, um, next week, he'll do it, you know, and, and he'll wrestle. It won't just be six man tags or whatever. Like Sting will, will wrestle because, you know, even though he's 61 years old, even though he has neck problems, um, they still want to wrestle. I don't know what he, you know, maybe he's financially set for life. I don't know uh, Sting's uh, financial thing, but it's hard, you know, but I, I promise you, no one's going to be asking me to wrestle when I'm 52 years old. It's our decision, <laughs> you know? So it, it's just, you know, it's different if the undertaker wants to wrestle once a year for, I don't know, a million dollars. I don't know what the numbers are, but, or if, or if you, or if I want to wrestle for, you know, a hundred bucks, uh, that's very different, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, after your training process then, uh, and you start having your first matches, um, 
where did that where did that start where where did it get to a stage where either you or your trainer or colleagues decided okay we're ready for this now you're going on to the show and how was that of your memories of that first match was that different set of nerves or were you confident enough because of the training you had man that's a great great question uh i was outside the ring doing like a timekeeper thing it was okay. very very early in the process and i just had a black shirt on and uh it was a match with um the Puerto Rican uh, tag team champions uh, was Super Gladiator and um, Ricky. What's his name? The Puerto Rican tag champions. The guys are jacked. And a gentleman was in the ring and uh, took a, a double choke slam. It was like the opening spot of the match. Takes a double choke slam and he breaks his right arm. Oh. And uh, uh, my coach turns to me and he goes, uh, here, just get in there. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> So I'm wrestling for the Puerto Rican Tag Team Championship in your uh, debut. <laughs> in my debut, and nobody know who, knew knew who I was. I, I, I'm gonna look on Cage Match if it's just who I'm billed as. But uh, uh, I, I jump in the ring. I start uh, 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 forearms to the back of Super Gladiator. He no sells me and turns around confused. I push him. He looks at me like, "What is going on?" Uh, <laughs> and then I go for a clothesline. He ducks it, punches me. We go to the corner. Um, and then uh, um, uh, one of them, I forget, man, he 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 spine buster, and he's trying to tell me what to tell me what to do next, but uh, I couldn't understand because his accent was so heavy. So I just kept feeding, and he kept punching me. I mean, he took like seven bumps in a row, just punch, 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 punch. Finally, he grabbed me and uh, threw me in the corner, tag. Uh, and then it was so funny because obviously I'm so confused. Everyone's asking me if it's a work. Like the wrestlers are saying, was that a work? Uh, and, uh, um, you know, we don't win the tag team championship, unfortunately. And we go to the back and, uh, one of the, uh, uh Puerto Rican, uh, guys starts telling me like, no, that that's not how the finish was supposed to go. We were supposed to do this sequence and, and, and you were supposed to beg and you were supposed to do something. And I'm looking at him and I'm saying, do you not remember? I'm not, I was not here for the, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I was not the participant in the match. You broke his arm. I don't like through osmosis. Was I supposed to figure out what exactly the finish was? It was wild it wasn't it was really really intense and it was fun it was really fun it, it was such a rush and uh, my tag team partner um jeff jeff crean uh, johnny walker uh he turned to me and he was like you know what he's like this is professional wrestling you did it like you did a great job you didn't uh, you know and, and since that day i earned his respect you know previously before that i, I hadn't he uh, i didn't have his respect before that so you know that was my big that wasn't my big debut and then months later i i did come in uh, um work some matches as like a big jock bully and then work a little bit under a mask and stuff like that. But that my real first debut was, you know, Pablo Marquez saying, Hey, just get in there. <laughs> and, and I tell people that now, like you never know what can happen. You never know yeah. when these things can happen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the amount of people I speak to for the show who, who say that they were just at a venue and they had their gear and were given an opportunity or, or whatever. And, and you know, sort of opportunity knocks, I guess, is, is the phrase, isn't it? Um, with regards to that, then, I suppose if you weren't expecting to work and it's literally a moment, a momentary decision like that, a snap decision there and then, I suppose you would have had time to get nervous, I'm guessing. We, we just on autopilot. That's so true. Yeah, you know, I remember I, remember I was... Um... <laughs> Uh, my attention span, <laughs> I hate to right. say it, but I remember I was kind of like zoning out. And then I, I, what kind of kicked me right back in was the double, double choke slam. Cause it looked weird. <laughs> Obviously it looked weird. He landed on his arm, his arm broke. Mm. And then, um, yeah, it was weird. And then, yeah, exactly. And then I look at coach and he's like, get in and it's exactly no nerves, ah, a little bit of nerves for a second. Yeah. Um, but you know that I remember thinking I'm, I'm on the. I'm on the apron before I get in. Oh, and 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 the reason why Super Gladiator didn't sell my forearms was he told me he's like, I thought you were like the the doctor. I thought you were a medical doctor. <laughs> he's like, I thought the ambulance had come because the ambulance was it was getting come. He's like, I thought that the ambulance had come and and they were helping the 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 you know the the wrestler said his broken arm, and then he started. He's like, I thought the ambulance guy started clubbing me in the back. <laughs> So I was like, he's like, and then when I saw you in the match, I was like, wow, like the doctor was in the ring. I was, I was like, it was so funny. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember thinking like, should I take my shirt off? Cause I was just wearing black shirt, black pants. So should yeah. I take my shirt off? It's like, you know what? Just go do it. And it worked out fine. 
I mean, when you finish that, you must have been full of adrenaline, floating on cloud nine, absolutely buzzing, surely. Yeah, my first match was uh, for the for the uh, NGCW uh, Puerto Rican Tag Team Champions. You know, like uh, who knows? Who knows what could happen? I could have won the thing. You know, like I wasn't yeah. ready, but I could have won. Who knows? You know, anything could have happened. Someone else could have broken their arm, and we would have had to go over, and I would have been a uh, Puerto Rican uh, Tag Team Champions uh, on my first match. But it didn't. Any, anything can happen. Can't you? <laughs> you got you got one guy there sending you in to to wrestle for these tag team championships you got another guy there who thinks you're here to potentially you know conduct an operation you know (laughs) exactly (laughs) you're an opponent or a doctor no one's quite sure yeah that's great (laughs) i love it so you you then say you you worked a few other places um uh went around a few different companies and so on got a bit more experience how did the how did the whole situation now with coastal championship wrestling come about did you work for them before yeah no they were my every yeah they were my um home company always okay. had been my my home company and uh just working with them and uh uh there were there had just been some changes and i want i knew i knew since i was four years old that not only did i want to become a professional wrestler but i also want to become a promoter i wanted to promote shows in professional wrestling and, and they had always known that intention they were always incredibly helpful like not only was i always trained uh, to become a professional wrestler but i was being trained to uh, understand what you know what draws what ticket sales what's going to happen here what do you do before the show and stuff like that i was always there early i was always there working with um with my mentor uh pablo marquez like i was always working with him and he would kind of you know even when i was new he would speak to me through the entire process so you know when it when the great sasuke needed to be picked up from the airport i was going with him when um, you know, not just to meet the guys, but also just, just to be there and observe the process. So I was, I was always, it seemed like from, from, uh, for a long time, I was always kind of involved in the negotiation and all aspects of professional wrestling. So, you know, he was training me in, in that aspect and, um, there had just been some changes. So, you know, uh, about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, uh, there was an opportunity to, um, you know, become part of Coastal Championship Wrestling. So I think it was a natural fit. It was always was good. You know, it was better than for me to go and start my a, a new promotion. You know, Coastal Championship Wrestling has been the uh, patriarch of professional wrestling in South Florida for seven for almost eighteen years now. It's going to be eighteen years in two months. So there's a fully functional, wonderful uh, professional wrestling school that brings in amazing uh, talents like Brian Cage last uh, last week, uh, like. Um, Robbie E on a uh, uh, Robert Stone on a regular basis. Uh, you know we have uh, uh, we have we have lines to uh, all major companies. You know just because we're here in, in Florida, not just because we're here in Florida, but because we've been in Florida for 18 years, uh, and we have a lot of um, positive stuff happening. So it's always good that you know we're the type of wrestling school where it's like, look, if once you're actually you know ready, you will get a look. You'll get a look from some of those big companies. So it, it was it's always been successful. So why why wouldn't I want to just come in and, and be a part of uh, already a, such a successful brand and, and help to grow the brand as opposed to, you know, starting over the entire process. Yeah, of course. And it's brand recognition, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a known name. It's a known, uh, again, I suppose we've used the term quite a bit there, but it's a known brand in that area, isn't it? And recognized all over. I mean, you mentioned there about links with bigger companies and so on. I suppose we're jumping a little bit ahead of, of ourselves. I've got a few more questions to ask, but, um, there was potential opportunities when um, WWE was running its Raw Underground segments. Yes, um, for for people to go straight from working with yourselves to there. And I believe was there a discussion on potentially you going as well? Yeah. So it's funny you say that. Yeah. So uh, uh, Marina Marina Tucker, um, f- former CCW Women's Champion, um, she was featured heavily uh, with uh, Shayna Baszler at uh, Raw Underground. Uh, okay. We had we had uh, um, multiple guys who had went through medicals and were, uh, you know, whether it was going to be Raw Underground or um, enhancement talent for NXT. Um, we had a, I had a I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but we had some we had certain dates, you know, uh, uh, you know, scheduled that unfortunately due to uh, I, I believe the decision was a complete separation of the brands. So to not have NXT and WWE and Raw and people uh, uh, mix with each other in hopes mm-hmm. of potentially isolating any future uh, covid uh, issues. Which and makes so sense, with that. 
Yeah, it broke my heart, brother. <laughs> I had a, I had a, imagine this. So on a, on the same weekend where I was uh, gonna go up to do that, I had a match um, scheduled in Mexico City with Dr. Wagner Jr., a Mexican legend. I, mm. He's amazing, right? Probably the, not probably would be, be the biggest profile match of my life in Mexico City at a kind of open air convention. So you know, in previous years there were ten thousand people. Who knows how many people would come to the show? Because of uh, COVID nineteen, but um, on that same weekend, that 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 weekend, I had to change my flights because of um, um, you know some some work uh, in Orlando, um, uh, you know for, for for WWE potentially, and um, I changed the flights. I'm excited, and then those dates are canceled due to the whatever happened with the separation of brands. And then uh, that Saturday, the uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. match also canceled because oh. Mexico City did not want to have so many people in it. So I literally, that whole weekend, I was like, I sat around all weekend and I, I played with my newborn daughter, but uh, I sat around uh, all weekend and, um, you know, I just imagined myself wrestling Dr. Wagner, you know, or getting beaten to death by Braun Strowman on uh, uh, Raw Underground. I would have loved either one, man. So I, I have I, I just shaved my big beard. I thought it would have looked great if Braun Strowman just punched me in the face over and over again like 30 times. But it is what it is, and, and uh, the future will hold something else, you know, new stuff. There's, You know, we, we had uh, uh, Ariel Levy, one of our wrestlers, a, a, a great friend of mine. He's like a brother to me. He uh, uh, will be having his first AEW uh, dates apparently uh, coming up uh, for AEW Dark and stuff. So who knows? Oh, you know, who knows what the future, what the future holds? You know, the, the, you know, it is what it is. Good stuff yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's obviously disappointing that one particular weekend with, with big opportunities sort of slipping away, I guess, through no fault of your own. But at the same time, other, other doors do open, don't they? I mean, and you also you have um, legendary names from the business coming through the doors at CCW on a very regular basis, don't you? I mean, you mentioned Bill Alfonso uh, is your manager. Yeah, Bill, Af- yeah, Bill Alfonso is a member of, of uh, Coastal Championship Wrestling. He's a member of CCW. He comes and trains at the, the facility, and he is amazing. He has amazing uh, um, knowledge, and he's a, he's a really great guy. He's a, a, a surprising guy. And then uh, I wrestled Gary Wolf last uh, Saturday for Breaking Chains, a pit bull Gary Wolf. You, you um, won, but, didn't you? If I, if I, of course, yeah. <laughs> I'm three, I'm three, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 300 pounds, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I just overpowered him. You know, Gary is a, he's a great guy, uh, and he was a tough opponent. But of course, you know, he couldn't match with the Brazilian uh, destroyer, the Brazilian giant. But well, he was right saying, of course. <laughs> Um, also, super crazy. Um, I've, I've seen some of your shows, uh, your YouTube shows. I saw super crazy on there. I was Absolutely. a big super crazy fan when you're coming through ECW, and you also had that weird lawnmower riding gimmick in WWE for a little while. But super crazy in ECW it was fantastic. Um, so, how was it working with him? It's unbelievable. Super crazy is the salt of the earth. Like uh, super crazy is a guy who, you know, like w- w- one of the difficult parts of of running a professional wrestling promotion is like, are people going to promote? Are people going to put their their stuff out there? Like, are they going to put mm. their, a link to a live wrestling out there? Are they going to whether like like if if it's a week that they're on their sh- if they're if it's a week that they're actually on the show. Yeah, of course they're gonna put their link out there. They want they want to be seen. But yeah. if it's a if it's a week where it's uh, uh, matches that they're not on, or or you know there's no segment, if there's no promo with them on, are they gonna promote? Or are they gonna push and stuff? And Super Crazy is the guy that pushes whether he's on, whether he's not on. Uh, he posts pictures almost you know every couple of days with him in the CCW shirt. He you know he, he comes in five six dates, a couple tapings. He's a he's a CCW guy, and obviously it's it's due to a long. Um, brother brotherhood relationship with with pablo marquez obviously so you know you know you have that type of link to these guys obviously through pablo and through dan's uh, uh amazing um um you know connection but a guy like super crazy is the salt of the earth and he's the type of guy that you can get so much information for uh, about uh, so much inf- information from and and the fact that he's willing to go in the ring and do anything he doesn't stop you for a second and say no no you know i don't want to do this and he will do anything he'll try it you know what i mean like if, if you tell him hey we're gonna um you know we're both gonna go over the top spanish fly to the outside onto a hardwood floor he'll be like oh my friend no okay <laughs> you know he's like uh, he's the type of guy he'll do whatever and that's what you need you know and and you know he's not a he's not a young guy but he's also not an old guy he started really young and he's you know he's a, a mainstay for a live wrestling and for ccw will definitely uh you know hopefully for the anniversary show depending on how mexico looks 
um, you know, and, and for upcoming shows like Summer Glory and other things like that. Um, I mean, he doesn't. He, it doesn't go with – it takes one second to, to to say yes to Super Crazy on anything. Yeah, that's fantastic, isn't it? Um, also, other names that have sort of come through the doors at some stage, um, I believe uh, Rhodes passed through, the Dusty, Dustin passed through at some point yeah, in both the Both of them, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes in 2005 uh, – or sorry, 2006, 2007, there's, the, there's a, a tag match, there's a three-way match, and he was all in for Coastal Championship Wrestling. He – you know, uh, this was before uh, – this was before this is Dustin had left a, a world wrestling entertainment before he had gone to TNA and Dusty was actually in the same situation. Dustin Rhodes was our world champion for a year and a half during that wow. process before he had to uh, leave us for um, uh, total nonstop action wrestling. And Dusty was in the same situation only. I think he was going back to WWE or um, I forget. I think he stopped at TNA and then obviously went on his way back to the WWE, but Dusty was always and has always been such a, um, supporting force for coastal mm. championship wrestling. Obviously I, I never met him, but I know for Dan, um, you know, he was the type like, uh, particularly for Dan, he was the uh, kind of guy who would give advice and, you know, tell us, you know, whatever. And, you know, the, t- the type of guy that, you know, uh, uh, I, obviously I'm too young to have been there in 2007 as well, but like, uh, uh, as a wrestler at least, but like, uh, um, uh, dusty was the type of guy, I guess, who, when he walks in the building, he takes full control of his surroundings. <laughs> so he's like, okay, what's the book look like? What are we going to do tonight and stuff? So that, and this was obviously secondhand stories, but it just sounded wonderful. And then everything that I hear about Dustin Rhodes, I've, I've met him a few times, um, you know, uh, uh, but not a, not as not a working with him. I, I never worked with him. I never worked in the same company as him, obviously. But uh, apparently, the, like, he's the type of guy who will defend and will respect the 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 guy who just started last week the same way he'll respect the guy who you know who's been the NWA champion like a guy like Hagus uh, or you know when we bring in Sabu like Dustin would treat Sabu the same way he would treat um, you know a, a new trainee in their first week and that's the type of people you want around and that's probably why he probably has a job for life everywhere yeah I mean that's that's fun you you are so many great things about dustin don't you all over so much i don't remember hearing a negative story about the fella at any stage in any company anywhere um and the fact that he's been around for so long and he's still performing to the level he is on a, on a national he's or better in, now international he was 10 sorry. years ago he's better yeah. now it's insane absolutely crazy um i suppose one more i need to ask you about quickly uh, you mentioned him there uh, Sabu. I mean, how often does Sabu come in, and what's it like working with the guy? Well, the the idea for Sabu is twice a year. You know, do a Florida date and do another date. And uh, this this we knew it was going to be difficult last year, um, so we brought him in for um, CCW Halloween Hardcore Heaven. That was the show that I was telling you about, where the Tennessee doesn't mandate a mask, and it was a wonderful show. People are ready to go out to watch professional wrestling. We had a lot of people there in the building, and uh, Sabu just wakes up like uh, you know. You know, I, I was. It's great to to always talk to him. He's such a good guy. Uh, he's a very like quiet guy. He's a very reserved guy. Uh, you know, kept to himself. Um, and you're kind of looking at him, and you're like, well, you know, I want. I hope he's going to be okay tonight. Right. And yep. then the 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 music hits, <laughs> and it's and it's Sabu. Right. Like he the flick stretches, of a switch. Before the yep. match, he stretches a little bit. Stretches his neck out a little bit, you know, gets a little bit of that blood flowing. And he had, I think, and in, in, in I think it's um, a live wrestling episode eight or nine. Uh, you can watch that match in its entirety. Sabu and Alex Ocean was one of the best hardcore death, whatever you want to call it. It was a hardcore match. Was it a death match? Whatever you want. It was, it was spaced so well. Alex Ocean, um, he did so well. Um, yes, he did I, so, I've seen this. I watched yeah, this maybe a yeah. week or two ago, um, and there was the traditional sort of Sabu spots, I guess, the leg drops with the chair and so on, and and there, there, you know, there was plenty of blood and so on. But it was um, there was a cheese grater as well involved. Right. <laughs> I, I, I was sat with my wife again, um, watching watching that one afternoon, and I'm a big Sabu fan. So seeing Sabu, even at the more, should we say, slightly advanced. Sure. Years, yeah. Um, was 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 wonderful. Yes. Okay. He may not be as quick as he once of was. Yeah. May, no, but that that's age. And the guy's he's obviously going to be carrying a knock or two because of the style he works and what he's done to entertain people in the past. But I I it proper it sent me back. I really loved watching that show. Um, watching that match on on your 
the YouTube show that you had on there. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and it, obviously that was one of our, our, it was, it was a great episode. Uh, and just one of the best matches, like, uh, and maybe too, like you're sitting, I was, I was standing, uh, uh, hiding, um, not pretty close to ringside. And I saw that I was actually a little bit worried because everybody stood up. <laughs> Every person in the building stood up and started walking towards the freaking guardrail. And I'm like, guys, you're, you're literally huddling next yep. to each other during a global <laughs> pandemic. But it was also that feeling of like being a kid and just like looking up and it's like, man, I loved, I loved Sabu. And, uh, yeah, it's not exactly the same, you know, it's, of course it's not exactly the same, but, uh, he still can, he's still a main event. Amazing. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah, and that, and that, again, that video of yours uh, on your we'll, we'll come to all your uh, social media links and the YouTube ch- uh, channels and so on um, towards the end of the show. But yeah, that I can highly recommend people go and what all of it to be honest. I think I've got maybe two episodes left to watch out of the ones you have. Oh, great, way through them. Nice, um, and a new one, new one this Tuesday with uh, Roma uh, uh, versus Marina Tucker, Tucker and Ariel Levy versus Hector Perfecto. That is un- you should not miss. So catch up before Tuesday, before tomorrow. So go, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed all of them. I, I, I highly recommend people go and have a look. It's, it's great to see new content being produced, um, by companies that aren't billion back, backed by billionaires, I guess. It's great to see things still being done and done well by other people than the WWE, if that makes sense. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that because that's exactly, you know, that, that's exactly what we wake up and we try to do is like, uh, you know, of course, like w- with a live wrestling, we're, it's 22 minutes. He, he, here was the idea for a live wrestling was Raw is three hours and then yeah. AEW's two, NXT's two. So you have nine hours of first run top professional wrestling. Then you have Impact, which is two. And then you have Ring of Honor, which is one and then you have new japan which i i get is a one hour show um but i can see sometimes i mean online i watch it too but then i'm like man you know what's missing is a a quick show just watch a quick show that you can just like get in get your angles get your matches and get out and that's how live wrestling came to be and i think like uh uh hopefully i think obviously it seems to be a success so far but exactly what you said is like you know Look, we're not the WWE. You know, we don't have billions of dollars. We're not Tony Khan. We're not. We're not Impact. You know, but we have something that we can put together and 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 promote some different people. And yeah, you're going to see Super Crazy. You're going to see Sabu. You're going to see Bram. You're going to see uh, Camille Brickhouse. Uh, you're going to see Marina Tucker. You're going to see uh, Ariel Levy, who's one of the biggest uh, movie stars in Chile. Not professional wrestling star. One of the biggest movie stars in Chile. You're going to see him on our show. Um, and it's different. So I, I you know, that's yeah. ex- you hit it on the head. You. It's exa- it's a, it's a little bit of an alternative, you, you know. I have a low attention span. I was telling you, I was nodding off while watching professional wrestling. And I, was like, <laughs> I was losing my att- attention span, and I think I wanted to put put together and create a show that also is for people with a low attention span. No, I understand. I mean, the, the thing with me is, with regards to professional wrestling, I suppose I've got the opposite. I've got a, a, a very big attention span. So when I've got good <laughs> a lot a lot of um, shows that are fairly short when I discovered it or when you initially sent me the link when we first started talking a few weeks back, I literally just blitzed a load of them in one hit and loved it. And I had to go back and watch them again because I'd watched them all so quickly. Nothing really registered because I was taking it all in and think and enjoying it so much. Great. You know? I <laughs> so love I, it. I, I love to hear that, man. Them again. <laughs> um, again, we it. mentioned, uh, various names there, Sabu, um, Camille Brickhouse and so on who, who have come through. Pram. Just, yeah. Yep. CCW doors. But you've also got your training school there as well. And I think it's very important that we have a little look at some of the people who have, who have come through your academy, who are in your academy now that you have high hopes for. Um, have you got any names or, or suggestions? Yeah, absolutely. Of so so we'll be looking like, at uh, the future. Yeah, for sure. So today, if you're looking at today, Alex Ocean, mm-hmm. uh, the Neckberry Kid, Will Austin, um, Agony, um, uh, Charlie Ruffiani, who is it's, – it's funny because you watch Agony wrestle – and you know it's you know choke slam and and big slams here and some of that, but you should watch him train because it's like second rope moonsault kip up, you know, like and it's Why? And okay. he doesn't need to, he doesn't need to do it because his character doesn't do it, but he's yes. a guy who is just so talented. Uh, Pharaoh Johnson, who's you know six foot four in his uh, uh, early to mid twenties, who can just talk. Uh, and then obviously uh, Santos. Santos uh, uh, is one of the crown jewels. Um, he went to uh, um, uh, you know he had interest from. 
other companies from Ring of Honor. Uh, he had a, a WWE tryout. He had a lot of stuff going on for him, and he he's always been loyal and have stayed with CCW for whatever his reasons were. He's always been you know around. And then of course our homegrown, uh, our John Cena is Cha Cha Charlie. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves his gimmick. But for six years at the CCW training facility, uh, and now he's man, he is the most over babyface in Florida. He's a, he works every weekend at a different company in Florida, and 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 he's you know a champion in multiple companies. And he's somebody who's just wonderful. Uh, and then you have uh, 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 he used to be a, a assistant trainer there. Uh, Jake St. Patrick was beginning to work with Evolve before Evolve left, and then uh, uh, he's you know he now he's back in the state of Florida. Uh, so he, you'll see him a lot more often. Uh, and the Jackal, you have Jackal, who is uh, kind of fallen into an assistant trainer role now, and he is just wonderful. He's wonderful in ring, and he's very talented, and he's very funny. You know, he he can come up with a funny vignette, but he can also have a wonderful, wonderful match. So you know, those are the guys now. Uh, the crown jewels for CCW. Uh, you know, it's funny because like a guy like uh, MVP. MVP was a uh, the second ever world champion, and uh, he okay. you know he he. When when he talks about CCW, it's his you know it's his that's it. It was his beginning. You know he had he had a lot of struggles, I guess, as a kid. And uh, you know CCW uh, gave him a key to come train whenever he wants, and you know to come in on off days and all that type of stuff. And I think uh, and he's mentioned it in many times that that was an amazing moment for him because it got him to the point where he you see it like if you, if you watch um, Antonio Banks matches uh, MVP in, in CCW if you watch his matches from the beginning 2004 and closer to the end uh, near 2006 before he went to uh, OBW I think or you know was, uh, developmental I think it was Deep yeah, South yeah. or something like that before he went to developmental uh, you see the transformation in his body and you see the, his his work and you know his everything changed so he's kind of like we joke you know he's a crown jewel but there are guys that you know maybe like like because uh, uh, guys come in and guys go and, and the new guys come and, and guys come back and that type of stuff but someone like uh, a PCW ultra owner uh, and um, uh, MLW uh, contra member uh, Joseph Samael uh, was Joey Machete, you know, and he had had some previous training before CCW opened, obviously, but he was one of those early on guys that came into CCW and and grew in CCW, trained there, all that type of stuff. So, you know, there are those guys from the early 2000s up until now, like, you know, so many guys have, have, have you know, uh, uh, come through the doors. And, and of course, it's professional wrestling, so not everybody's going to make it. But if you look at past champions like uh, Santana Garrett and other people like that who've spent some time, they just come through and, and, and worked at CCW, you'll see that, you know, um, you know, the future is bright, too. You know, we, we have 36 active students. Um you know, a lot of new guys coming in, and of course, they're not all going to make it because professional wrestling is hard. Of course, some guys yeah, are going to quit. Yeah, some yeah, guys are not going to make it to their first match. You know, some men and women are not going to make it to their first match. But we have so many new people coming in that it's just, um, it's exciting, and it's exciting to see what the future is for for coastal championship wrestling for sure. Definitely, definitely. I mean, as we as we draw to a close here today, what I'd like to do as well is get you back on the show at some stage maybe when covid Absolutely. lifts a bit more we can have a little bit more of a discussion about how it's going booking the shows with regards to uh, hopefully social distancing and, and all that relaxing a little bit um but yeah i, I want to thank you hugely for your time today I, I really do i really genuinely mean that i've had a fantastic time talking wrestling with you it's, it's been a real eye-opener yeah and working. we should we I should come back on and we'll, we won't have to talk about CCW or talk about me. We can talk about like current wrestling or something like that. I love talking about current wrestling too. Anytime. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, I, I also enjoy looking back on old shows as well. Perhaps we can do something like that together. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, Starcade eighty seven or Starcade eighty eight. Anytime if you haven't done it yet, you wait. You save it for me, dude. <laughs> uh, we've not done a Starcade yet. We've not done a Starcade. Oh, we'll we'll definitely it. pencil that in. We'll definitely awesome. pencil that in. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, before I let you go, then can you let everyone know? where they can find you online on the social medias and of course most importantly where they can find uh coastal championship wrestling shows to watch on youtube all over the world awesome for me it's a uh, uh, venetius v but it's, yeah, it's uh, just i'm gonna spell it out for you on twitter yep. and on instagram it's uh v-i-n-i-c-i-o-u-s fights um and that's on instagram and on twitter venetius fights but it's vicious at the end 
professional wrestling dude. And then uh, you can find me anytime there. Um, I'm super active on Twitter. I've got a ton of followers on Twitter, but I'm kind of growing the Instagram on there. And then, of course, uh, uh, for Coastal Championship Wrestling, the most important thing to do is to go to your YouTube right now, search Coastal Championship Wrestling, hit that subscribe button, and then you can binge all the Alive Wrestlings every Tuesday night. Uh, another like quick, cool, interesting show for you to watch. You can see some new wrestlers, some old wrestlers, you know, guys who are, are at the tail end of the career and guys who are just starting their career. But you also have um, um, uh, the Instagram CCW Training Facility, uh, the Facebook CCW Events, and then the Twitter CCWFL. Uh, any of those places you can see cool stuff, pictures, information, you know, and we try to keep things light and funny. So, you know, things don't get too in intense. So it's a simple follow, fun follow. You get to see the new women's champion, Roma, uh, sitting next to uh, uh, the pool. And you also get to see Brian Cage training with us, videos of, of that type of stuff. And then, of course, training videos of ourselves, training videos of, of what we're doing here in CCW. So uh, please, you know, follow us there, especially in the YouTube, especially a live wrestling every Tuesday, seven o'clock. Fantastic stuff. And I do highly recommend that people check that out. I've really enjoyed looking at these shows. Uh, again, seeing the the older faces, I guess, still going, and then the new faces coming through. I, I've really enjoyed each of those episodes I've watched. It's great, and it's, it's right up my street. I mean, um, you also had the genius on commentary, didn't you? Yes, um, and he'll be back. He'll be back in two weeks on commentary. I love Lanny Poffo. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. He hasn't used uh, toilet paper in 30 years. You should just watch the watch the uh, episode two, and he'll give you his expl explanation. <laughs> I must have missed that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. It's it's a throw it's a throwaway line that like people will literally like because uh, that was like you know 10 weeks ago. It's a throwaway line that I thought yeah. was so funny, and then literally people will call me like uh, 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 professional wrestlers who are finally catching up will call me and say like, did you hear the the, the you left the Lanny line where he said he hasn't used toilet paper in 30 years? And then uh, I said, yeah, I think it's hysterical. Uh, but, um, you know, he explains why he doesn't. So <laughs> I'm going to go back and check that light night. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> now, again, um, Brazilian Destroyer, Vinicius, thank you very, very, very much for your time. I really look forward to having you back on. Um, it's been great speaking to you. So thank you very much, sir. Have a good rest of your day. 